Welcome back to Rerouting, when life takes a turn, where our mantra is sharing releases shame. I am here today with my favorite return missionary of all time, my son. Hi, it's me again (laughs) from that one episode back in February. (laughs) It's you again. And um, he's going to be sharing all things about the mission, all of the craziness, some of the good, some of the bad. I mean, there was good, right? Yeah, of course. I don't know if I'd hit all of the good and all of the bad, (laughs) but we'll we'll try. A a little bit of everything. And um, yeah, so let's get into it. In the beginning, God created a mission for, right? He created missionaries first. Wasn't that (laughs) the story? Well, I mean, technically, Joseph Smith was a missionary. He was the missionary, right? True. The first one. Well, no, no, no. Moroni, the angel Moroni. I mean, if we're taking like the the story of the first vision, right? The very beginnings of Mormonism, angel Moroni recruited Joseph Smith, right? Well, didn't God see him in Jesus? They were like, Joseph. True. This is my beloved son. All right. So God, God was the first missionary, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I guess first the mission has changed over the years, I think. The, your perception of the mission? That and the mission in general. Because, I mean, just when I was on the mission, they had made a recent change about talking to your family. Because oh, beforehand, right. you could only talk to your family, what, two, three times a year? It was two years? It was Christmas Mother's and Mother's Day. Day. That was it. In the two years that, that you were gone. Wow. Okay, there you go. Yeah, Yeah. so you left in October. Mm -hmm. We got to talk to you in December. December. And then they changed it in January. No, then I got to talk to you for Mother's Day. No, didn't you choose to talk to your dad for Father's Day? Because you could choose. And because oh, you and yes. I had talked on yeah for Christmas, I, it was a good and you choice, wanted honestly. to be you, fit. you wanted to be fair, and I was like, "Damn you!" <laughs> it was only fair. <laughs> Out of all the people that I think were worried the most, it was him. Really? Well, because he couldn't keep track of me all the time. I mean, if it's a contest, I feel like I <laughs> probably would win for the worrying. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, he was the first anyway. one to meet me at the airport. Like I hadn't even gotten off the he plane. He was I had no idea he was going to do that. No, I hadn't even gotten off the plane. I saw him in the window. Yeah. Well, cuz we couldn't go, right? We couldn't meet you at the gate. He could cuz he had on his his pilot pilot his pilot uniform license. or whatever. And I know I was a little upset about that because you you know, I thought we were going to all be waiting for you at oh, the same time. He needed his moment. Yeah, I guess he did. I was like I'm supposed to get the first hug. I'm the one who writes him every week. I think I wanted to start off with the whole grooming because I think that's where the real prep for the mission starts is with grooming, which is kind of a weird word to use, but it's very similar to what you guys were talking about when you had mentioned uh, the whole, uh, what is it, molest molestation and children's rights and, and all that stuff. Mm. But it very much is so. You're taught from when you're very little, uh, like in CTR when you're five years old or even younger, uh, to right when you're about to go before uh, your mission when you're like 17, 18. Mm-hmm. They're constantly with the message like, you know, you know, you finish school and then you prepare to go on a mission. Yeah. Like, whoa. It's like a natural progression. And you're right. It starts from when you are in Very primary young. at the age of three, I would say. Maybe you don't learn it in nursery, but but in primary, you learn all those songs. And and they teach you to set money aside for your mission. People were always surprised about that, too. They're like, you paid to go? I was like, yes. Yeah. Yes, and did. not only were we paying for you to go or I was paying, I mean, you know, you had money in your savings, but I was also paying my tithing, a full tithing and the monthly fee for your mission. No discounts. And No. And they expect you to. They don't expect you to not pay your tithing while you're paying for your child to go on a mission. You do both and fast offerings, which is a once a month thing. So anyway, yeah. But yeah, they start <laughs> grooming you from a very young age. All these songs fill your head, and when you get into young men's for for the for the boys, mm. uh, that's all you're taught about too. Plus, you know, 
not that I, my, I didn't have a father figure to constantly tell me about their mission and stuff, but for most right. uh, young men, that is something that's very, I guess, influential in their life. Right. It's like their passed fathers, down. Yeah. Telling yeah. them about their mission and mm-hmm. showing them the pictures and, and stuff like that and how cool it is. And even the missionaries in the ward have an influence on you as well. Yeah. Like they're Your almost leaders. like the big brothers, like, oh, look at the, it's the missionaries. And they play basketball with you and be mm-hmm. all cool. And then they go and, and work. <laughs> and be all cool. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how I saw them when I was younger. And then you get to the time where it's actually time to go. You put in your papers, get all your vaccine stuff. And you got to give it to the church. They made it, that pretty easy. Well, I Or mean, did they not? Well, so. I feel like they le- did. Let me ask you this. You, so you're, you didn't have a father that was a member. Did like at any point was it like well i don't know if i'm gonna go on my mission like did you ever feel like that or was where did you always feel like did having your dad not be a member ever influence you to be like well maybe i'm not gonna go i think it was double influence to go oh i was like he's not a member i gotta make up for it like uh mm-hmm. and maybe this will show him like how important this is to me mm-hmm. how right it is yes like through my example i've always like through my example like in the convert him i mean there was a time where i wasn't sure if you were gonna go um it was you know your senior year and i remember i think it was because of your dad and i know you probably don't remember this or you've blocked it out or whatever but there was a period of time when you told your dad that you were gonna go on a mission that he stopped talking to you for like six months I think maybe I remember that. It was like during Christmas, right? Yeah, it was during Christmas. And it was a period of about six months. He was so upset with you that you had chosen to go and you weren't going to go straight to college. And um, he like he just wasn't talking to you. He was so disappointed and angry that you had decided to go. And of course, he blamed me, right? And it was about a period of six months. He didn't get you anything for Christmas, like kind of how he did with your sister right now fortunately i guess it only lasted like maybe six months or something and i can't remember exactly how it all came to an end i think it was towards you getting ready to graduate he started coming around does that sound right i i honestly don't remember at all it's so weird to me that you don't remember do you think that that's strange i don't know maybe that's (laughs) how i got through it maybe maybe it is you compartmentalized Plus, I one knew I wanted to go on my mission, so nothing was keeping me from that. So I kind of was just like, well, you know, that's his reaction. So, mm. like, there's nothing I can do about that, but I'm going on this mission either way. Like, right. he, can, and he can do whatever he wants. But at some point, he came back around. You were getting ready to go on your mission, and um, there was all this, so much stuff. I, I, I was stressed because you're going to a different country, so there's a lot more steps you got to go through. In order to make that happen. I didn't think it was too bad. <laughs> Do you remember? You're like, oh, it was pretty easy. I'm like, I don't remember it like that at I, all. <laughs> you know, you know, we just remember life after the mission. You know, that's really, you know. I had a folder and that's how I kept track of all the things. And I would mark off the things because they had a list of stuff that had to be done before, you know, and not to mention the shopping. And I guess I just Mormonized all that stuff. I was like... <laughs> God will take care of it. And it became this happy <laughs> memory. Mom. <laughs> it became this. Yeah, sure. Yeah, mom. And then time to go to the mission. Yeah. So uh, right the day I left, I was happy as could be. Were you? I you was. weren't nervous? No. Oh, my gosh. I came home and I All cried. that arrived later, about two months after <laughs> I left the NPC. Gabri and I got in the car and cried. Really? Mm-hmm. No, I was like, it was a little bit hard when, like, Dad was at the gate. Did you know that? He went to the gate? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And we said goodbye. But I was like, I have to look happy and confident. Otherwise, right. he will be He'll like, be worried. he's not ready. Yeah. Send him back. He sent me a picture. Of me walking at the plane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was sad. I'd never seen him so sad. Really? How'd you know he was sad? He had an emotion on his face? He did. <laughs> what was it? Sad. Sadness. <laughs> was he crying? It looked like he could have. But I, I've never seen him cry. Not once in my life. Yeah. But he was close. He had a little bit of moisture in his eyes. Yeah, you could tell. Yeah. Aww. And that was that. And then I got in the plane and it was a little scary, like going, getting to Atlanta airport and, and then being like, mm-hmm. I don't know anybody here. But then like within a couple minutes of getting to, to the gate, one missionary, two, three, four, mm-hmm. five, 15, oh. 20, wow. 30, 35, like... 
<laughs> I was like, whoa, like where do I have this picture of us eating uh I don't remember thing is pizza or something <laughs> at the near the gate. Uh and it was just good to see a whole bunch of Yeah. Of uh kids my age. And they were the all going boat. to Y'all were going to the MTC. The MTC in Sao Paulo. And it was just good to see people that you could relate with. Mm-hmm. Had just left their families fresh. Right. Know, just like you. Young. No experience in this. You know, it was it was comforting. But so you liked the MTC, well, right? I wouldn't like the MTC. It was like going to youth camp. Yeah. Like you would get fed. It was like a you buffet. Buffet. Mm-hmm. Eat as much as you wanted. I know you like the buffet. <laughs> yep. In the rice and beans. And uh, that's all we had was rice and beans every day. Except when they switched it up with pizza. <laughs> That's so random. Rice and beans every day. Now some pizza. So the food was good. Yeah, the, food the was company good. was good. Mm-hmm. And all we did all day, I just realized looking back, is we literally just studied all day. You were brain- all we getting did. brainwashed. We'd get up at six thirty. <laughs> we would do uh, push-ups and uh, <laughs> sit-ups and stuff clap push-ups mm-hmm. we did a little regiment in the morning because we only get 30 minutes of exercise mm. every day and that 30 minutes like they didn't let us go in the weight room or anything because i was like sucked all the weights were broken in there no one went there anyway it was like across the street oh and we had to go out to the gate you know look at the security guard have a chaperone with us have oh him gosh open the gate. yeah it was a whole thing really mm-hmm. you couldn't go anywhere we couldn't go outside of a certain block like a certain radius by yourself well we couldn't a group you were in the MTC for how long? Six weeks. Six weeks. Okay. And all we did was study every day. Mm-hmm. 6.30, get up, do that little regiment, take a shower if you needed to. Then you go to the classroom where you do personal study. Then do companion study because we were assigned companions with mm-hmm. us and we'd practice the language and stuff like that. Then our instructor would come in. We had two. Uh, they were really cool. Both were turned missionaries. Mm-hmm. And they would like teach Young? us. Young? Mm-hmm. Like 22 right off the mission oh wow they'd uh they'd teach us about their investigators and you know speaking the language they spoke english because like they would encourage people who didn't speak english to learn english mm-hmm. and those who knew english to learn whatever language they're supposed to learn uh. but i always found that interesting like that western or european mindset of learn english because it rules the world like right i mean a definitely useful skill to have but i always found that weird uh yeah we'd learn from our instructors they would teach us a whole bunch of stuff and then we got to the part where we'd practice like teaching so the 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 instructors would pretend to be investigators that they had met like during their mission Mm -hmm. really simple stuff and they would they would sometimes they would like switch up what they wore like no really they put on some glasses or put on a (laughs) hat you know if they were like uh, really funny like that (laughs) i remember his name was uh, irma loza that's his last name loza Mm -hmm. Your meaning brother, mm-hmm. and we he would uh, take off his glasses, and now it's how he would, and he would unbutton his shirt and take <laughs> off his tie, and that's how he turned into Victor. <laughs> he would get into character. He would. It was he was a great guy. I loved him. They had gave us a whole book. I still have it. Those really? there's two green books that we have. One of them is filled with vocabulary words, all pertaining to gospel stuff. Okay, I was gonna say, is it like and religious? Phrases, there's phrases you would memorize mm-hmm. about things like and you're lessons. a sinner and <laughs> you need to repent no and repentance. you know common stuff <laughs> repentance invites was the most important thing that you would learn Convices. when are you going to get baptized will you be accept the invitation to be baptized uh mm-hmm. through the path the power of the priesthood or something like that huh. we learn like uh invites like that mm-hmm. so like just introducing yourself uh-huh. <laughs> like we have a message for you we'd like to speak about prayer <laughs> it was like very much like that you insert the word yeah. here uh-huh. whatever it is yeah so We'd in the like beginning we prob- we prob- the prophet yeah the prophet <laughs> joseph smith we probably sounded like robots in the very beginning. oh i'm sure because it's scripted Right for the most part. In the beginning, it's very scripted. And they, but you'll know, like they'll they'll get to a certain point, and then they'll look at their companion. And you know, it's their turn to talk. You know, like they know they practiced it. it. Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, there's no other way to do it. Well, so tell me this: Was there anything that you didn't like about the MTC? Yeah, we only got 30 minutes to exercise. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, plus basketball uh-huh. couldn't jump. What you can't jump? You can't jump. You can't jump because I guess missionaries were getting hurt too much. 
hurting ankles, Wait, didn't hurting you hurt wrists. yourself? Did you hurt your yeah, finger? Yeah, I, I dislocated my uh, my finger. <laughs> Playing basketball? I didn't jump, Well, though. there you go. I didn't jump. <laughs> what did you do? It was a fast break, <laughs> if you know what that is. No. So, like, basically, your team steals the ball, and you go running down the court. Uh-huh. To could you run, or did you just yeah. have to do a no, quick you could, walk? No, you could run to see if you could get the ball in the hoop before the defenders catch up. Mm-hmm. So, they passed the ball to me, went ahead, and it must have had a weird spin on it, because I reached out to grab it to dribble, and it bounced backwards and into my finger. Uh-huh and dislocated it it was literally sideways yeah <laughs> i remember the bone was like, pushing <gasps> no! up against the skin on the left side was it so painful it wasn't oh that was the weird thing is that you maybe it, you were in shock and you're just like i don't know like johnny depp looking at his well, they're like finger. yo bro does that hurt <laughs> i was like it doesn't it just felt really strange it hurt when he popped it back in it or didn't. she the doctor grabbed it and it felt so much better when he put it back in place. Like, it didn't hurt, but it just felt normal again. Ooh, that makes my knees hurt. The real hurt. pain happened after like a couple hours. That was when the pain showed up and it was so uh. swollen. Like I couldn't even like bend it. Uh, but yeah. No Good jumping. The... Oh, I almost forgot to say that like every weekend they would have us watch the restoration. It was some church video. Same watch video? It on the, the same like three. <laughs> <laughs> on the projector screen they'd also have people come talk to us like do discurso which is like a talk mm-hmm. yeah like a fireside or something. uh-huh fireside wait so like a video was this like it's oh, like it's, the restoration it's video. friday night video night well we yeah get they, to put, watch they the pull everybody aside for like an hour 30 or something like that and everybody's got to watch the same three videos uh-huh almost like a little movie night <laughs> sounds so fun <laughs> Honestly, it was the most fun we had. Well, yeah, when you're all you're doing is studying scriptures, yeah. you know, a, a movie, no matter what it is, is going to be a nice break. <laughs> That's so funny, though. <laughs> yeah, we'd watch the restoration film. Was it all in Portuguese? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, really bad dubbed, but I mean, mm. it worked. Yeah. Uh, So we all get together right before we have the fireside, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd all like say stand up and say the uh missionary uh purpose oh which i wrote like to come m- unto christ through f- or we invite others to come unto christ through faith in jesus christ repentance baptism receive the gift of the holy ghost and during to them we'd all say that in portuguese mm-hmm. every single one of us but uh yeah we would say that every meeting <laughs> and i remember thinking like this is totally like this this sounds like brainwashing but it's not because we have to remember our purpose in this life, you know, is to bring people to Christ. And the more we internalize that and remember that, the more we can really apply ourselves to this work that we're in. Right. Well, I mean, but the, isn't that how it is with the religion in general? There's so much repetition. I mean, that's all it is, you know. Yup. So we did all that and then we would leave for the uh, the field is what it's called. I guess representing or... A reference to when Christ said, you know, the field is ripe and ready to harvest. Right. Mm-hmm. And we put our backs into it and sow with all our might. So then I got to, we got on the plane, went to our areas, and there were some people that I still knew that were going to the same area as me. Mission president picked us up, went to his really nice mission home. Mm-hmm. Like, really nice. Like, it was, it was crazy. Uh, the mission home was really cool. Is the mission home where they live? Yeah. And it belongs to the church. Yes. So whoever is the mission president yep, lives they in, live the in the mission okay. home. Yeah. Presidente Tobias. And that man was ruthless. What do you mean? Not ruthless mean, but ruthless as in his ideology. Ruthless in his spirituality. <laughs> yes. Very ruthless. I mean, he, it was down to the T and sacrifice everything or nothing. And was he your mission president for the for your entire mission no for like six or seven months maybe more eight months. he was like an interim yes and then we got president triumph who was cool but also kind of the same idea and i feel like there's a lot of pressure do mission presidents get paid i don't know i don't know either. i don't think they do they say they don't okay so i found this on why the lds church is true.com <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. So it says, this is from 2017. It says, mission presidents receive neither stipends nor any income from the LDS church, but their expenses are paid. So they don't, I guess they don't have to pay for um, housing. They do get the food. mission black card, which all the missionaries talked about. 
What is that? It's the corporate card. You oh. pay anything with that. That's church money right there. <laughs> That's nice. Swipe. I actually was assigned to a uh, zone leaders, two zone leaders. So they're very experienced. Very. They should be like some of the most righteous of the righteous, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and as I soon learned, they were not. <laughs> and as somebody just coming out of the MTC and having the certain mindset that I did, it was a shocker. Yeah. How long is a is a transfer or whatever between oh, transfers? Oh, yeah. Between transfers. So transfer is the amount of time you stay in an area between mm-hmm. like at the end of the transfer, you could be moved out to a different area or in the new or you, could stay. In, or you could stay. They're like how many weeks? They are. I think it's six weeks, actually. So you were thinking you were going to be there about a month and a half. I thought, no, I thought I'd be there for two transfers. So oh, okay. 12 weeks. I was there for 24. Wait, wait. So what was oh, wait, the name what? of your first area? Sao Cristalvo. Okay. But yeah, it was a pretty big area. The members there is very small ward. Uh, like we're talking 12, 15 people, maybe more. Oh, wow. 20. So the full. the apartment that you lived in was... Pretty nice. Oh, okay. It had was a nice. nice overview of the, the plaza, the uh-huh. little plaza. And what was the like sleeping arrangements? You guys each had... You had to all sleep in the same room? Yep. Can't sleep in different rooms. Oh, okay. You have to sleep in the same room. But so, you had your own bed. Yes, you did have your own bed. <laughs> Uh huh. And so the apartment wasn't too bad. I slept on the floor for a while, like Why? not the floor ground, but the f- the mattress was on the floor. Why was the mattress? Because on the they floor? D- they they hadn't prepared for like oh for a third missionary. Yeah. Well, at least you had a mattress, I guess. Yep. <laughs> With the cockroaches. Yeah, they didn't clean that place very well. <laughs> so there were cockroaches like in the. If you can imagine, yeah. two teenage kids, you know, living yeah, on bad. their own. <laughs> I remember getting annoyed about such little stuff, like how they didn't wash their own dishes. But then they wanted the dish. They wanted to have dishes to use, and so what I do is I'd wash my own dishes and then hide them somewhere. <laughs> so then they would have to go and like you know wash use whatever dish. Yeah, wash a dish at least. To, <laughs> you to had use. your own. T- where would you hide it in your pillow? Uh, no, it was like in the cupboard. But they knew it was mine. <laughs> they did, and would they use it? No. <laughs> so I told That's them. So funny, you did. Yeah, I was like, this is like you know mine. This is mine. Use. I wash it. Yeah, I wash it. The biggest thing with these guys was that. One of them was about to end his mission, that transfer. Mm-hmm. So he was already lazy. We call him Fubeka. What does that mean? It just means like a lazy apostate mission. <laughs> uh, Poor guy. As you can already <laughs> see the culture, yeah. La- being lazy, being like even perceived as a sinner uh-huh. was bad. Right. Looking back now from this point of view, was he? He was just tired. I mean, the worst thing he would do was just take a nap during the day. Was that a a big no-no in the mission or was that just a personal no-no for you? If the mission president saw you sleeping and Mm -hmm. you're taking a nap, there's 100% he'd be on your back about it. Ah, okay. So I feel like, no, it was not just me. So what about your other companion? He wasn't too bad. How long did he have on his mission? He was halfway. You were green and they were both a little more experienced yep deep down they were like when you're just a greenie man i was like you just don't get it i know <laughs> i know i'm a greenie okay and the language i mean this was your first area yeah i did great honestly for communicating with two people that didn't speak any english they only spoke they were both portuguese poor. they were both brazilian and then um you know having to teach and all of that and jump into that yeah that sucked i remember i wrote about it the first time i remember i practiced so hard saying this one thing and oh. i said it and the person looks at like they look at me, and they look at my companion, and they and the worst thing is I can understand them saying that they don't understand me. <laughs> they were like, "Does he even speak Portuguese?" Like I didn't understand what he said. Oh no! I was like, Forget it. Oh, that's so disheartening. Yeah, I'm saying I remember thinking in my head I'm saying the words like how they're supposed to be said. Uh-huh. Why can't you understand? I just had to get used <laughs> to the accent, I guess. But uh, that was that. It's two uh, transfers of training that you mm-hmm. do. Then, um, like right after coming out of training, I was assigned to be a uh, train a trainer mm. for a new missionary, a green. <laughs> I'd just been a greenie like two. You're like I'm still green. Yeah. It's only been two what transfers ago. It'd Four been... months, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How was your Portuguese at this time? Adequate. Mm-hmm. Adequate to get across what right. I wanted to say, but probably not good enough to. To train somebody, yeah, to, <laughs> to be in charge. <laughs> so I worked really hard, and you know, we we did it. We had a good two transfers. Mm-hmm. I I believe that it was a miracle. I I said it was it was right before the transfer ended. We were teaching somebody, and I remember the language just came to me mm-hmm. like that. It was the weirdest thing. 
and I just started speaking freely, like instead of having to resort to memorize stuff. Mm-hmm. Call that what you will, a miracle or the spirit, but that will forever or maybe stay it in was my mind. Just the of all the hard work <laughs> and practice that you put you know, in. No, maybe it was. There were things that you did to help yourself learn the language. I would dictate things out of the Book of Mormon in Portuguese mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. I would read and say it and have my companion, like, you know, correct me if I said something wrong. You did a lot of work. True. But it was God that did it. But it was God. <laughs> Shut up. It was God. It was God. Praise to God. Yes. Amen. I'm, I'm nothing but a worm. All right, so for those who don't, actually for most people who don't know, Preach My Gospel is this 200-page little book, a guide designed by the First Presidency to help missionaries fulfill their duty to God. It's all color-coordinated, too. It is, yeah. 13 sections worth of information. And I just want to say it has white Jesus on the front, so that's an important distinction. It does. It has a picture of Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist. They're both white, obviously. This book was probably created in the 70s, honestly. I don't think it's changed much. No. But yeah, the first section is my purpose. Well, your whole purpose is to bring people to God. Bring people to yep, to Christ through baptism. Mm-hmm. That's the important part right there, baptism. Because if you ain't baptized and you ain't doing your it job. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter that you might bring something valuable to someone's nope. life. If you don't get them in those baptismal waters, you doesn't might matter. as well go home. Ugh, I hated that so much. <laughs> so much. That was like the worst part, even though it says, you know, teach people when they're ready, listen to the spirit and what it tells you to do. And I was always like, the spirit's telling me that this person is not ready to be baptized yet. And they're like, they're like Shut up. stop teaching them. I was like, what? <laughs> move on to the next person. Yeah, move on to the next person. You're wasting your time because if they're not going to progress within the time that you're here or within, you know, a certain period, then you're just wasting your time on these people. That's the vibe I got. No one told me that directly, but you could tell that's what they were trying to say. Right. And I was like, what's like, what? How are we supposed to prepare people to be baptized? Like this is a huge commitment. Yes, it's a huge commitment for them. And you want me to ask them to be baptized within the second lesson? Yes, that that was actually <laughs> one of the things that the the first president or not the first presidency, the mission president taught us one time in one of the firesides was inviting someone on the first lesson to be baptized. That's then. so dumb. That is so ridiculous. And I remember thinking like this is so not practical. Yeah, and I remember he gave us a challenge to at least every once in a while throw out the that uh that uh, invite if we felt that the person would be receptive to it <laughs> just see what ha- what sticks you were m- I was like, very thorough thorough yeah well making and- sure the person understood what was being said right and what was going on because as mormons we believe that once you have this knowledge you're responsible for it and if you make the commitment to be baptized there's no take backsies, right? Like you are baptized, you made this covenant to God. So that means, you know, it, it, w- when you get judged, you're held to a higher standard. And that always just seems strange to me. You are committing to an entire lifestyle change when you become Mormon. It should be a definite long process. Yeah. I mean, preach my gospel. It has some pretty good stuff in it. Like good in stuff terms like of- what? how to be a good missionary like not necessarily salesman tactics all the time but you know there's some good like stuff a b- good about, person yeah being a good person being a decent but only person. within a certain time frame though yes right like like don't take it too far now we're just gonna go ahead and move on to yeah a certain part in the my purpose which is teaching by the spirit this very ambiguous idea of the spirit which is tied to your emotions but which is tied to god but which is tied to doing something that's right but not all the time and only when in relation to spiritual things. Right. As in like you'll receive this feeling only at a specific time, but maybe, but not really because it's different to all people. Mm-hmm. And it could be different to you. It mm-hmm. could never, it could never be the same thing. But maybe. if it goes against church stuff, then it's probably not the spirit. So defer yourself to page seven of <laughs> recognizing the spirit, which says, da, 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 da. <laughs> la, 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 la. And Satan has got you in his grasp. And suddenly, you know, it's not the spirit. Suddenly it's you being not worthy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, wait, don't hear anything? Guess you're not worthy. Well, or God's just waiting for you. To do something. To do something. And then or he'll tell you. God is um, letting you make the decision. Because it doesn't matter. As a missionary, it is the utmost important thing. It's probably the most mentioned thing, I would say, ever, is to have the spirit to be with you mm-hmm. all the time. Because that's your calling. You're set apart quite literally as a missionary to you're a vessel yeah 
your vessel, you represent Jesus Christ is what you're told uh, to teach his gospel. You are wearing a ma- the mantle of missionary. And you're given that authority to make these like super outlandish statements that I remember. I remember thinking that like you have the spirit, so you have the power to make these promises to people. Mm-hmm. Like if you read this, you will receive an answer. Like no if and or buts, you will. That's so fancy. And I remember I never had the the faith, I guess, to say that. Like I don't know this right. person. I like if I know. say it, yeah. And what if it doesn't come true? <laughs> then it's like even worse. <laughs> I'm a fraud. Yeah. So I remember not making those those too often. Yeah. I only ever said things that I knew that I knew were true. Uh, but I remember missionaries doing these grandiose statements like. And everything will be fine. Like, and if you do this, then I know that all your financial troubles will go away. Oh, gosh. I was like, okay. You're like, right. maybe ease yeah. back yeah. <laughs> on that. Yeah. Going back to the spirit idea, it's so stressful. It was so stressful. I remember it being so stressful. Yeah. And I mean, like, think about it. If God had given you this responsibility to help people and you weren't doing your best to be worthy enough to listen to the spirit so you know who to talk to, to listen to the spirit so you know where to go. To listen to your spirit to you know to to know where to what to say, Ugh. and that would drive me crazy. Yeah, that's hard. But but you know what? It's I mean, on the mission, it's co- compounded. But let's say you have a calling, like your Relief Society president, or bishop, or like when I was primary president. You know, I, there were decisions I had to make, and it was kind of that same thing. Like, uh, what if I? You know, what if? I'm not worthy and the spirit isn't helping me make this decision. Ugh, it hurts my head thinking about it because this is, you, you just give yourself an excuse for, for when things don't go right. Like God is never wrong. Mm. You know? Yeah. God's never wrong. That's the thing. The house always wins. They have written right here under teaching by the spirit. It says, uh, these are like things that, the, that you'll do if, when you teach by the spirit, teach you new truths and bring the doctrines you've studied to your remembrance, give you words to speak in the very moment you need them. Carry your message to the hearts of the people you teach. Testify the truthfulness of your message and confirm your words. Help you discern the needs of the people you are teaching. The Spirit is essential for teaching the truth of the gospel in a way that builds faith in others. As you strive to develop the faith to rely on the Spirit, you should pray for the Spirit. Purify your heart. Keep the commandments. Diligently treasure up God's words. So like read the scriptures or Mm -hmm. something? Exercise faith. You have been set apart for your sacred calling with the promise that the Spirit will be given as you meet the requirements set by the Lord or enjoying the gifts of the spirit should be one of your most earnest desires. Mm. Very vague. Mm. Doesn't tell you exactly what to do, but tells you what you could be doing. To possibly... <laughs> these are possibilities. Yes. These are possibilities. It's like side effects of medication. <laughs> side effects include diligently study the scriptures, teaching so those can understand your message and baptism. Okay. So going off of this power and authority thing and living worthily, mm-hmm. there were like little things on your mission that, that, that I didn't think of before that, that appeared. So one of them was the schedule mm-hmm. and it's written in preach my gospel. They tell you exactly how they to live do. each day. And the weird thing about preach my gospel is it's not scripture, but it's also that weird caveat where it's t- taught as scripture. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like the end all be all on your mission. Yes. So there are certain things that absolutely must happen, like getting up at 630. Mm-hmm. You can't get up later than 630 and you can't go to bed later than 1030. Okay. And you have to be home by like 930. Okay. So those, those things, things are not change. non-negotiable. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff that happens inside like personal study, companion study, proselyting, that stuff has to happen. It doesn't no matter when. Oh, okay. But they have to happen. It doesn't have to happen at a certain time, but it has to happen in every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the mission president can also decide what should happen at what mm-hmm. time and when. Okay. So our mission president changed it so that you do all your studying in the morning, go to lunch, rest of the day, you have to be out proselyting. Okay. And so having the spirit to be with you meant following that schedule to the T. If you got up, if you slept in for 30 minutes, got up at seven, like that'd be looked upon as bad. Losing You're not the inviting the spirit. Not inviting the spirit. No. Spirit likes to get up early. Spirit does. He has things to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's this other thing that happened. Uh... The lunch crisis is what I called it. The lunch crisis. So apparently missionaries were staying too long at members' houses. Mm. And a member or a missionary must have complained about it because the mission president knew. So staying too long for lunch, the spirit would not be, would not, it will not invite the spirit. <laughs> the mission president said those words exactly. Shut up. 
I'm getting a revelation and it has to do with lunchtime. And the spirit says he's not going to stick around if you stay too long. The yep. spirit's talking Staying to me right now. Staying too long at lunch, the spirit will be taken away with you. If the food <laughs> isn't ready to go, go out in the street and proselyte while you wait. Shut For, for dinner up. or lunch to be made. Yep. He said, don't wait in the house for like too long and talk to That's the mission. So be like, stressful. Excuse me, sister. Like we have to go out and you know, the food isn't ready yet. How long? 30 minutes. Okay. We'll be, we'll be right back. Oh my gosh. That just sounds so stressful. And then how do you like, how do you cultivate any sort of relationship? With- That's what a whole bunch of the missionaries were talking about when that came out. That's what I said too. I was like, how are we supposed to gain the trust of the mission? We're like robots. We come in, we right? Eat, we share a, a, a lesson <laughs> and we leave like, um, Oh, yeah. Telling the members no if they want you to stay longer. Lunch longer than one hour is a big no-no. Oh. So, like, we come in, we eat, and, like, literally, I remember us looking at our watches. Timing up to, like, timing to an hour. That's so stressful. And we always went over. (laughs) It's a little bit different culture, right? It's a little more relaxed, In Brazil, it is very Uh relaxed. You get there, you talk, you hang around, you know, you let the food digest, Uh and you head out. And there was always ice cream, too, or not ice cream, but some sort of... (laughs) dessert dessert yeah it sounds like those things that should have been enjoyable because you're away from your family your kids you're you do you know what i mean they it's a more never. relaxed environment when you're with somebody from church you know rather than you're teaching and you're with an Constantly investigator giving like, yeah energy right you know and this is a moment where you get to like not like you're doing anything crazy you're just eating and sharing conversation which is a normal human thing yeah, and you talk <laughs> during dinner, but like the fact that you had to be out by an hour. Uh, that's... You know, and the way you thought about it too was that God told him that yes. one hour was, that was it. That was the cutoff. God said so. And I remember him asking us, the mission president asked us if we were staying at, at members' houses longer than an hour. Oh my gosh, that was like part of the interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so dumb. And I remember saying like five minutes. like, And, and he was like, like no. Nope. do better. Like, you know. Are you serious? And they're opening their home to you and they've prepared a meal for you. It just seems so rude. It does. To just be like, okay, bye. Thanks for the food. Love to talk. Well, so what was the best food that you had while you were there? It was feijoada and. Uh, What's that? Farinha. Like uh, feijoada? Mm hmm. It's this uh, bean stew. Oh. Okay. Black bean. You put, you basically like uh, cook beans in mm-hmm. a pot put a whole bunch of spices in there, put all these different sorts of meat, like sausage, no chicken, no sausage, beef, pork, mm. stuff like mm-hmm. that. Almost like a gumbo. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then you, uh, potatoes, you can do that. And then squash. But the best part was you put the beans on, on top of the rice with the meat. Uh-huh. And you put the something, this thing called farinha, which is like ground up wheat or corn or some sort of, mm-hmm. some sort of plant like grain, that. some sort of grain. So that was your favorite thing. Yep. Mm. definitely definitely and that's a popular dish yes like that a lot of mm-hmm. okay cool now i'm hungry all right so yeah so losing the spirit falling asleep taking naps that's bad shouldn't do that like i said the mission president if he was there and saw you like taking a nap mm. even if you had it planned on your schedule nope Mm-mm. don't do that getting home late watching tv that wasn't church material bad i remember feeling bad for glancing Mm. at someone playing league of legends in uh the land house when we went to town when i oh I to yeah to there guys. was always people, people playing, playing gta video playing games, video games in the, and stuff. Yeah. i remember feeling bad just for glancing over there watching the news sometimes members would have stuff on in the background we'd have to tell yeah. them to turn it off oh. like yeah that's awkward playing video games obviously a big no-no um did you have missionaries do stuff like that they would do it at members houses they would go play video games i heard many stories yeah you didn't see anyone though no. And were there there were other stories. You did have a companion who was like wanted to spend a lot of time uh, with these daughters with or something. The members, yeah, these female members. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I remember you told me it, that was a struggle for you because you knew that that's not what you should be doing. Yeah. And he was the senior companion, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he would be so slick about it. Ugh. <laughs> Looking back, like he was probably where I was at when I came back on my mission. Uh, like he was like, "Is this stuff really? Is this real? Yeah." This is for really real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for being so ignorant about it, but that's just how I was. There was no changing that. Mm-hmm. Like I was all in and I was all in. You know, like, right. I remember he'd mentioned something to me about how the church was buying up large amounts of farmland mm-hmm. here in Brazil. And he was like, why? For what purpose? Like, Was buying- he Brazilian? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He 
was like, for what purpose are they doing this to gain money? He's like, it seems like they're trying to gain money. And I remember being like, what? No, no way. Money to build up the kingdom of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I never said anything, but I was like, that's interesting. But uh, yeah, he would spend a lot of time at members' houses, which is a big no-no, especially female members. Mm. But you'd always have, have a, oh no, we're inviting them to come teach with us. Like mm. There's always this like caveat where I knew he was, I know he was bullshitting me but by the time, you know. Right. Yeah, it stressed you out a lot. It did. Remember you would tell me. Yeah, I cried. Oh. It was bad. I hate that. Uh, let's see. Oh, not talking to someone in some location where you're at. So like every time we get in an I still I every time we I get into an Uber. <laughs> I just it gives me brings back like PTSD or memories or something <laughs> of just having this pressure to talk to the driver. And they use this ideology which is like what if they're the one? Mm. What if this guy is the guy that's who, I'm, who the stories say, you know, He's going to learn the gospel. It's right. going to change his life. And he's going to get married in the temple. And he's going to have generations worth of kids. And it's all temple. your fault that. And I could have been that guy, yeah. you know, or he could have learned about the gospel sooner. Even just as a regular member, they guilt you into those using those stories of, Miracle you know, you ones. lived next door to a, a neighbor, you know, for 20 years and never told him about the gospel. And, 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 and the missionaries come to the door and he's like, I wish I would have known about, about this, this sooner. sooner. Yeah. Always. And he turns to you, like, look at the camera. Well, yeah, Lenny, why? Why didn't you tell me sooner? Why do you hate me? <laughs> you want me to burn in hell. Right? I know. It's so manipulative. Ugh. You could never relax. No, you always you had to never be relax. on. Yep, always had to be mm-hmm. ready. Airplane, sitting next to someone on the airplane. Sitting next to someone on the bus. Mm-hmm. You just never escaped it. Right. Yeah, I think that's all for the ones I can think of for losing the spirit. Something interesting that you hadn't mentioned about baptism is that um, a lot of times missionaries do these worthiness interviews for people who get baptized, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Right? You usually invite somebody from a different district Uh or another area to do it for you. Uh Uh-huh. And so, but here's these 19, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids you know, and Doing you an could be interview on like a forty-year-old. Yeah, yeah, interviewing you know grown people, and and worthiness interviews. So it's not just like, hey, do you believe in, in you know Jesus? No, it's like, have you had sex? Yes. Do have you, you had wear, an abortion? Yes. Have you had an abortion? Are you have living you, with someone like right, that you're not married right. to? Are you currently living the word of wisdom? Are you you know I don't know all the questions, but yeah, have you ever had to do a, a worthiness interview? Yes, but to like a, a child. Oh, so okay. It wasn't that bad. So it was a little bit different. So I have in my hands for, well, I mean, there's no video. So all all the the listeners. What does that say? It says, Ergasi con fe. Which yeah. means like fill yourself with faith or like rise. It, it means, it's a word that means both to fill and to rise. Yeah. So, okay. So to put it in perspective, <laughs> this is a, a cover I made for my missionary planner. And in the bottom right, you'll see numbers. Uh-huh. And then, so those numbers are for lessons taught, contacts made, um, baptisms, I think. I'm not sure. The left side is goals. The right side is what actually, like, we actually Uh, got. Okay. So your goal was two... Member contacts, I'm guessing. Okay. and But you only had one. And then your goal was four... Lessons taught? Lissons ensinadas. Yes. Four lessons taught, and but only two. So this was in the era with one of my, with Elder, uh, I'll call him Elder B. Elder B. Elder bitch. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He was a nice guy. He was a nice guy. But he was so annoying. For what he, he was, was this? This was the most brainwashed boy I've ever met Aww. in my life. Uh, yeah. Elder brainwashed. Yeah. There you B go. for brainwashed. Yeah. Brainwashed Was boy. this the one that would wake up and sing? Yes. Oh, bless. He's such a nice guy, but he's so he brainwashed. He's such a nice man. guy. So brainwashed, my man. <laughs> Like, oh, he don't our, know no better. That's why our goals were so high. Ah, because he was like, the Lord will provide. Yeah. I was uh-huh. like, bro, there's no way we're finding, like we're getting a member reference. Well, we're not even going to any members' houses today. <laughs> he was like, like, it's a miracle, know. brother. Yeah, I was like, bro. <laughs> Plus, all that did was boost our numbers up on our goals and made it seem like we were doing, like we weren't hitting our goals as we should. Uh, and I told him that every time. But right. he was like, and I was like, you know what? I'm not arguing with you. It's fine. So you're constantly living in disappointment. Yes. Is this per week? Like every week, week you would set your every goal. Week. And so uh-huh. he was like, We'd we're going to also... get 20 this week. I yep. just feel it. Uh-huh. He obviously didn't have this the spirit of discernment. No. He was, <laughs> he, what he obviously was was delusional. How how long were you guys companions? 
three transfers. Stop, really? Yeah. In the How beginning, many I was months like, so is that? For that because he was compared to my last companion, which was the one that was hanging out with all the ladies. Oh stuff, yeah, <laughs> he was such a great change. Like, he wanted to work. I didn't have to force him. Uh huh. And then, like, after about a transfer... Within the pendulum guy, swung... Yeah, it swung way, way too, far. too far the other way. I think I did a little too much praying for a different <laughs> companion, you know? Like, and the Lord has a sense of humor, and he was like, yeah. oh, okay, no, I got you, bro. I got you. Swing right back the other I way. Got you. Hit the wall and got stuck there. <laughs> With these numbers, interesting thing is you'd... Every every uh, week, you probably didn't know, on, on P-Day, what we do is we'd report those numbers into a system and yeah because big brother's watching yeah we'd report those numbers into a system and then we'd write and i don't know if i told you we'd write a letter to the pre- the mission president every every p day uh-uh. and yep. do what to say what to say what's going on if we oh, have anything okay. that we want to talk to him about getting off in. our chest yeah telling us telling him about the area and how it's going and stuff like that probably to make excuses for why our numbers were like that they were i mean mentally that's got to be so um like discouraging and disheartening well, the other thing you was, never meet your goals ever who are we going to baptize this week, man? Tell me. <laughs> two like, people? Why not one? Having like, He's like a... But two is like a good number. I was like, when, when are we getting one? <laughs> Why don't we just put one? I wanted to put zero because there's no way we're finding someone <laughs> to be baptized. There's no way, bro. Oh. There's no way. But yeah, there was that. Mm. Uh, he sounds those, like fun, though. Those numbers that you would report and then, you know, the mission president would, would talk to you about them. And he'd also, because, so when I became a zone leader, We'd have to, oh, that was the worst. We would have to manage, uh, we'd have to do uh, call-ins with all the missionaries, Mm -hmm. every single pair. And how many pairs did you have that you were responsible for? Nine. Oh, okay. That's a good number. That's 18 people. Uh Uh-huh. So you were kind of- check in with each one. Every day? Not every day, every month, I think. Oh, every month. Okay. But we do weekly check-ins on some of them like throughout the week. So you had to report the numbers to the mission president. You know, that was part of your responsibility yeah, as a district leader. When he saw your numbers and how ridiculous they were, did he ever say anything? Nothing? He never had anything to so say? So whenever we do like uh, interviews with both of us and then interviews with the, with each of us individually, mm-hmm. and that's when we'd be doing all the numbers and stuff and, we, in, and the suggestions that uh, he would give. And his suggestions were like, how about you? Would be for like the Pray whole mission. More. That was when like he would bring up stuff like our mission has only baptized like three people. He and was like, our mission is the worst out of all of them. Yeah. He's like up in, up in uh, Manaus, they're baptizing a uh, hundred people a day or something like that. Like they mm. like 20 people, even if they had 20 people a day, like your mission was the redheaded stepchild of all the missions. <laughs> no, we, we didn't have any hair. Like <laughs> we were bald. <laughs> Like it was bad. Oh. Like, like we we we'd baptize two people every month, and they were baptizing like ten people every month. The one thing though that I never understood was, okay, so you have all these baptisms. Even when I was in it, like true believing Mormon, you have you're baptizing people because you could see it in your home ward. You're baptizing people, but they're the, but they but don't stay. Yeah. The retention is always bad. Like the, re- I wonder what the percentage is. Though it's, it's very bad in Brazil. It's low. I, it's definitely not more than. It's not more than ten. At least in our home ward, I'm just thinking of people who have come and gone and been baptized, and then all of a sudden they've disappeared. You know, they don't come anymore. It's because of their connection with members. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, and and like who visits them? And when like and plus like they they develop half of their connection with the missionaries that mm-hmm. right they exactly came and baptized them. Exactly. You know, and once they leave, unless the missionary, like, continues to stay in contact with them, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Like, when you come back from your mission, not only do you run into your own problems, but... Like, yeah. You, you have your own life. You have your own life to live <laughs> now, you know? Right. And I keep in contact with some of the people that I baptized, but not all of them. Yeah. And, like, what, what am I going to talk to them about? I guess I talk to them about life, and you mm-hmm. know? But... Right. But you do have to have that connection. And I've seen other people... Like, I'll still be friends with people who were baptized and then they come, you know, they they leave or they go to a different church because the environment of the church, of of the Mormon church, the culture, it's very different than other churches, right? Very judgmental. Uh, And it's not like it's just very different. It's a very much us and them, like us meaning Mormons and them meaning the world. And when you are a convert you're just coming from the world quote unquote you know so it's not a very sustainable 
or inviting, I don't think. I mean, Mormons, don't get me wrong, they're nice, right? Like they're they're nice people. But there's you're also in in or you're on the outer circle, you know, you're on the inner inner circle or you're on the outer circle of the culture or something, you know, yeah, you got to fit in and not everybody feels like they fit in. So what was the hardest part about being a zone leader or did you ever have to like reprimand any, um, you know, elders or anything? Oh, my God. I cried of this one time. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, so there was this one uh, group of missionaries. Uh, we'll go ahead and call them Fubeka, if you guys remember from earlier. <laughs> That's a lazy or apostate missionary. Uh-huh. Um, and so there were these elders that uh, they were just trouble causers. Rebel rousers. And, and like I'd mentioned <laughs> back in February, the February podcast, our mission was there were rumors going around about the whole things with sisters and, and women and stuff. So. You know, it was a very dangerous place to be when you're hanging out with sisters and stuff uh-huh. and you can never be by yourself, you know. Right. It happened when we were on a leadership conference. Like we'd always we'd always knew these missionaries were going through some troubles, you know. This one elder was having trouble. Like trouble, like what do you mean? Like, you know, he was getting discouraged, not doing work, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay. You know, and we talked to them, we did our best, we kept them in our minds. One day while we were at we were literally like about to get on the the, the bus to go back to our area after a leadership conference mm-hmm. and guess who we see coming they were being sent home <laughs> oh they were all being sent home yep they were going to the mission home to be sent home oh no and i was like my heart dropped oh and i was like wait what so yeah they were being sent home and we're like all wait, four what? of them uh-huh wow and i, I had no idea what it had to do with it what, what it had to do with mm-hmm. i remember saying to him you know i was like almost crying i was like i Aww. wish i'd done more you know like i wonder if there was something like that i could have done <laughs> no. like you know to help you <laughs> or if i like could have said something and then he was like no nah, man it's all good and, you know i gave him a big hug and stuff like that uh, and the sisters i stayed far away from them because no. <laughs> <laughs> obviously there were temptresses yeah and then the sisters and, and then went home and like later i think at the next uh zone conference the mission president pulled us aside me and elder b mm-hmm. and uh in the most serious and most like i don't want to say aggressive but definitely aggressive from like what i've seen mm-hmm. from a mission president he was like did you know about what was going on between like those two like this this missionary zone we were like we have no idea like did you know and not say anything or anything like that because apparently they'd gone to clubs. They'd been sleeping in the same oh, really? houses. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if anything had happened between them, but they uh-huh. definitely were sleeping at each other's houses. I mean, and I remember looking over at Elder B and like we'd both been caught off guard. He was smiling like in that way that you do when, uh-huh. you when you're just, uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, are you being serious? And I remember being very, uh, like, very upset mm. with him, like uh, with the mission president. Like, yeah. Do you not know this guy? Right. Like, how can you say that? right about him like, what did you guys say just we were like, like no, no we had no idea like we remember checking i bet it was completely awesome like we checked in with him mm-hmm. you know and like how what, how are we supposed to ask them where they are like how invasive is that well like also, where are you guys right now like what are you guys doing whose house are you at like what would like also they would lie yes <laughs> and although like, we, right? we'd seen them out of their zone before going to the grocery store but they were uh-huh. the elders other elders uh-huh yeah and i, I mean, was like i was like hey. so did he believe you guys did he accept that yeah mm-hmm. he's like yes you need to keep a closer eye on like on Stop. people Stop. Like, like because he had mentioned to us before that there's been something with the elders that's why we were checking in with them you right know, more regularly but also if people are going to want to sneak around they're going to want to sneak around no matter how much you're checking in on them or not and if they're going to lie then they're going to lie you know that's just such a weird thing to put on you like if they're they don't want to be here they don't want to be here there's nothing that i can do is going to change that but i remember being like being like man i should have did more or maybe i should have been more in tune with the spirit or something and maybe i would have known something yeah because that's the culture yeah that's the the culture maybe there's something that i could have done but i remember feeling very very bad about the fact that they were sent home under Mm. my protection or something like that but that's what they do though the church, it's worse, obviously, on a mission, but you are responsible for everyone else around you, in your family, your friends, your peop- the people that you work with. You, you have a certain degree of responsibility, right, as a member of the church. And obviously, on a mission, 
you have a responsibility for a lot of people, investigators and other missionaries and people in the ward and like, you know, there's no, there's no limit to your responsibility. There really isn't. <laughs> there's really no limit to what you're responsible for, especially as a missionary mm-hmm. when you're supposed to be at this higher level, especially right. as his own leader where you're supposed to be at this example, be the example and be at this higher level right. of love living. But it's just, it's so not fair, especially for these kids at 19, 18, 19, 20 years old. This is a ridiculous amount of responsibility. Eternal salvation, because that's what you believe. So if you believe eternal salvation is at stake, I mean, that's so, it's too much. I mean, I think it's ridiculous to put that on members, but to put that on kids as well. I just, it's just very manipulative, I think. (laughs) But that was probably the worst the worst uh the yeah. worst thing that happened the best thing that happened would just be checking in with other people yeah kind of talking to them that's what i liked the most cultivating re- the relationship uh-huh. and then elder b was always like just make sure you get the numbers from them i was like man just shut up <laughs> shut up with the numbers did you ever imagine like smothering him in his sleep with your pillow no oh she just okay. wake up singing <laughs> what song would he sing when he woke up good morning Good morning. It's such a lovely morning. Good morning. Good morning. He did that because his mom would do that, right? Yes. Was that the story? It is. And that's from some musical or something, I'm thinking. Oh, it's kind of sweet and a little sad. He probably missed his mom. I don't know what goes on in his head. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't have a mom. Maybe he was just... No, he does. He was just hatched out of an uh, an egg. He might have been. Up at the Salt Lake Temple. <laughs> Up in Salt Lake in the conference Sugar and spice and everything nice. And they threw in there like the Powerpuff Girls. And he was born. But yeah, I always remember being pissed when he was like, always make sure you get like. Get the numbers. He would would just bring up the numbers in such an unnatural way. (laughs) And I just, because like, that's not what I wanted them to, to, you know, to. Mm -hmm. I didn't want them to feel that way. That's that's why we were calling them was just to get the numbers, you know. Right. I'd always have a long, a good, maybe like 20 minute conversation about what's going on. Make a couple jokes, you know, mm-hmm. make them feel like like we cared. And we did. I did right. care. Yeah. Right. But like, you know, we also had to get the numbers <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. Right. But you got to try and make things natural, more natural in, a, in an environment on the mission, which isn't natural. Nothing about that experience is natural. It's so, all very forced. That's why I always that people are always like you like why are you so comfortable talking to people about like weird stuff? I was like weird stuff. Cause that's what I did. Like, <laughs> I talked to because people are always like oh why don't you go talk to them like go say something weird to them? I was like sure sure like, you're like I talked about you know I talked about like I can talk to people about Jesus. I talked to people about Jesus and a book like written in gold right? that was buried in the earth and some about white guy Native Americans that are actually we we believe they're Lamanites. Yeah. So. The first laminators. Funniest thing was that I went to a state in Brazil that was predominantly black. Mm-hmm. You don't talk about the the dark skin nope. that never came up? Nope. Because I didn't know how to explain it in a way that I felt they would. That it would be what? Acceptable. Uh, yeah. Because there isn't one. Because I had come to terms with it personally, but I don't think I'd be able to tell somebody else the same thing. How do you bring that, that up? But, uh. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about, and there's still more that we'll get to. Yes. Next time. Next time. Next time, we're going to talk about what is it? What's on the list? We'll talk about the difference between salesman tactics and the spirit and missionary, and how do we tell the difference between the two? Or is there a difference? Is there a difference? But now, having stepped away from the church, I look at these lessons and I think "That's that's a lot. We're talking about gold plates found in the ground. We're talking about a prophet. It's a lot to to process. And here you are teaching them in these little, you know, how long is a lesson? 20, 30 minute lesson or something? I don't know. It's like, it's a little surreal. It's a little strange. We'll talk about the leadership, like the mission president and the type of jurisdiction and revelation they have and mm-hmm. the type of methods that they would use and teach people because it all depends the mission depends on the mission president and we'll talk about overcoming the mission uh as in perhaps strategies for return missionaries who are dealing with maybe some of the feelings that i had and then deciding to go questions on whether it's a good idea or not especially coming from somebody who's been on the mission uh who came back who isn't a member anymore what my thoughts are yeah on going 
Right. Is it valuable? Is it a valuable experience? experience yeah. Is it, you know, what, what are the goods and bads and, and how should you look at it? Like maybe going into it, right? Probably end on some of the good experiences that I had, or at least the experiences that I thought were the most edifying, not in terms of because I shared the gospel with them or they were baptized, but because I helped people. I helped yeah. these people grow. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No Joseph Smith, no Book of Mormon, no any of that. I just helped these people in life. Right. And uh, I'll get into that next time as well. But let's wrap it up. Awesome. Let's wrap it up. Make sure you practice safe sex. No STDs. No babies. We'll hang out again next week. Um, make sure to check us out on Instagram, rrouting2021. And also, if you want to send an email, I am working on a website. You know, it's through WordPress or whatever. And you can comment on the episode on the website if you want, if you have ideas. So anyway. All right. Have a good week. Bye. Thank you.